Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Monday, August 9th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. As we were putting together today's show on Missouri football, which opened practice a few days ago, another Mizzou story happened. The university named Desiree Reed Francois as the new athletic director, replacing Jim Sturr. Reed Francois comes from UNLV, where she had run the athletic program since 2017 and before then had worked at Virginia Tech, Tennessee, and several other programs. She's considered a rising star in the profession, and she's Missouri's first woman athletic director. The Tigers will introduce Reed Francois at a news conference sometime in the next couple of days, and we'll get to know her a little better then. So, okay, that piece of news and the opening of fall camp are the topics discussed with Briar Napier, who spent the summer covering Missouri and other sports for the star as an intern. After a break, you'll hear from head coach Eli Drinkwitz and defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes, who met with reporters as camp opened. So let's get started talking with Briar Napier. We're recording this on Sunday afternoon and was hoping just to get a jump on the, you know, on the Monday uh, podcast. And I really didn't expect news to come from Columbia today. But lo and behold, we have news to talk about, fresh news. And that is Missouri has announced its new athletic director, Desiree Reed Francois, I hope I'm pronouncing her name right, has been selected by the board of curators and the search firm to replace Jim Sturk, who uh, kind of by mutual agreement left his post last month. So interesting, first female to, um, to hold the post at, uh, at Mizzou, and she comes highly credentialed. She comes from the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, where she spent the last five years as the athletic director there. Before that, Virginia Tech and Tennessee, Cincinnati, a lot of college or California schools in athletic administration. She's 49 years old. All right, uh, Briar, what, um, uh, what did I miss? What do we need to know about Desiree Reed Francois? Well, the main takeaway I saw from her when I was doing some backgrounding on her and once word started coming out that she was going to be the next in line is that she looks highly credentialed. She's very, very much uh, someone who has been in college athletics for a long time. And uh, like you mentioned, like a boatload of California schools uh, and leading day-to-day operations or being deputy AD or associate AD at high major, high major power five uh, programs. And so, and she had just done, uh, she had been the athletic director at UNLV for, uh, since 2017 and had overseen uh, two men's basketball hires and a football head coach hire. So she has experience on that front, uh, had experience building a $35 million uh, football practice facility there. Um, she um, She's overseeing UNLV football playing in uh, the Las Vegas Raiders new stadium, Allegiant Stadium, state of the art there. Uh like I said, a lot of fundraising. I think it was seventy million since twenty eighteen. I believe the figure was on UNLV. So yeah, it's very much someone who is highly experienced, um, been around, been around the bend in college athletics for a long time, and looks on the face of it to be a uh, a solid hire. When Sturk stepped down, there the kind of the initial thought was Missouri was going to go after an existing Power Five 
conference athletic director, and no doubt that there was there had to be some that were interested in the job. I know the TCU's athletic director was approached uh, last week. We know that from our friend Drew Davison at the Fort Worth Star Telegram. Um, she uh, she is not coming from a Power Five conference school, but as we've mentioned, she has experience, uh, administrative experience at Virginia Tech, at Tennessee, at Virginia Tech. She oversaw football. That was part that was part of her duties, you know, at uh, at football loving Virginia Tech, and at Tennessee, she was part of the selection committee that helped hire Conzo Martin to. Uh, to become the Vols head coach there. So it's not like, even though her, you know, her background does not, you know, it, it, there's no Missouri in her background. She is absolutely familiar with some of the, uh, you know, she's, she's going to be familiar with some of the personnel at, at Mizzou. So, you know, good for Missouri to get this done, get, getting it done quickly too. I mean, this is just a matter of weeks. I, I wasn't sure how long I expected it to take. But uh, it, it, it's, it occurs to me that they identified the person they really wanted for the job and went after it in a big way. You know, she was just given a contract extension at UNLV back in April. So she was going to be there. She was tied up for until 2026. We don't have the figures for uh, what she's going to make at Mizzou. But let's, let's suffice to say it's going to be more than the $420,000 annually she was receiving at, um, you know, in Las Vegas. So. Best of luck to uh, Desiree Reed Francois, and looking forward to meeting her at uh, at the introductory news conference when that occurs. All right, Briar, let's switch and talk a little bit a little bit about football. Practice has started at Missouri, and you were at the first couple of media availabilities for the Tigers. Eli Drinkwood spoke uh, both times, and I think from the from the original um, media availability, we got a lot of the. Um, kind of stuff that you get from uh, from those types, and and we will actually play that after a break. We'll have uh, Eli Drinkwitz and his first media availability uh, for you. But it was his second one that I thought was pretty interesting when he kind of cracked the whip on on his team. Tell us about uh, what he said in his second media availability. Yeah, uh, Elia, Elia, he was not a happy camper following the first practice. Uh, he was very, very critical about what he thought was a lack of energy. Uh, he stated that he thought he like he was thinking that his players thought that uh, he was going to be the one to bring the energy, and he just didn't get it from his players. Didn't get it reciprocated back. Uh, had a very striking quote that that I heard that he says like we're a five and five football team uh, with people returning and if we don't improve on a lot of things, uh, we're going to remain a five and five football team. So yeah, he was obviously super, super critical. And, uh, it was very, it was very much like, and even when we were trying to like ask him of, uh, like, Hey, like certain players, they impress you today. It was, he was not in the mood to be complimentary. So it was very much, uh, eh, yeah, probably, uh, kick up the rear trying to get them to, uh, trying to get them to respond. And so we'll see uh, his next availability is uh, tomorrow. Um, the next open practice is tomorrow, which I'll be there and I'll have coverage on. Uh, so we'll see if his mood has improved or the team has helped his mood to improve, has done something to make him happier and make him uh, a little more complimentary. 
Yeah. Now, of course, tomorrow in podcast years is actually today since we're posting this on Monday and you're heading out there. You're right. Yes. Yes. Today. I'll read you a couple of quotes from your story. I thought uh, I thought it was really interesting. Uh, This is from Eli Drinkwitz. Glad you weren't out there for the conversation afterwards. We've got a lot of work to do. I don't know if we need to crown anybody anything right now. We're a five and five football team with a lot of guys coming back. And unless we make a lot of improvements, we're a five and five football team. Didn't really like the energy today. I don't know if they expected me to carry the day with energy, but we didn't have it. We have got to improve. That is a classic case of a coach uh, speaking to his team through the media. And I imagine they got the message. And when you see them work out again, or when you, or the next time Coach Drinkwitz talks about it, I, I will guarantee you energy will have improved. We shall see. Uh, we shall see tomorrow. There's, uh, there's, there's not a lot you can tell like tactically in these uh, practices from at least the uh, sections that are open to media. But yeah, I'll, I'll keep an eye out to see if if players are louder or if they're more receptive to the things the coaches do. So that's something you can tell. And then, but ultimately, it'll be whenever Eli talks to us whether he's pleased or not, which. Who knows? We'll see that. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what comes around uh, uh, Monday. So today in podcast time. <laughs> okay. How about just um, how about a uh, some quick first impressions of Missouri? I know you don't get to see much of practice, but just from what you know, who's coming back and what are the what are the strengths they can play to, and what are the weaknesses they need to address here in fall camp? So on Thursday. So the day before uh, the first practice on Friday, we spoke with uh, a lot of members of the offense and the defense, uh, just a nice little media roundtable that was nice to have in person even, which was a, n- a nice welcome change from the past year and a half or so. And especially on the defense, the biggest takeaway I had was this was a really, really intelligent group and not just like the... Uh, the returners, but a lot of the new transfers. You have the two uh, Tulsa cornerback transfers, Caleb Green and I mean, Caleb Evans and Allie Green. And then the linebacker transfer from Rice, uh, Blaze Aldridge. Uh, those are some of the main ones. And they were very intelligent, and which is good traits to have because they're going to have a new defensive coordinator, Steve Wilkes, who former NFL head coach and talking with players. Um, he he's talked about wanting to instill an NFL style with NFL. He's instilling like NFL terminology and he's wanting to run a two linebacker set rather than the three linebacker set that uh, old defensive coordinator, Ryan Walters wanted to run with. Uh, so, and they seem to have, when I asked like specifics about this formation, they seem to have understood and already gotten a decent grasp on what's going on. So there's that. I think the defense is really, is really, really smart and knowledgeable in what they're being taught. As for the offense, uh, it's Connor Bazelak year two. Um, obviously had his co-SEC freshman of the year season, though did have a, a few growing pains, but showed some promise. Uh, redshirt sophomore season now has, is going to have some opportunity to improve. Tyler Beatty at running back has gained 10 to 12 pounds of muscle. So really preparation for the bell cow back. Receivers have some... Uh, uh, some added speed. Uh, Ohio State transfer Mookie Cooper 
and four-star freshman Dominic, Dominic Levette. Uh, so that could open up some lanes for returning possession guys like Kiki Chisholm, Rataski Dove, uh, Boo Smith, things like that. Uh, as for the O-line, O-line might be one of the bigger question marks. The interior of the line is good. Uh, Mike Maietti at uh, center, second team All-SEC, uh, starting his fifth year of I'm Asia College football, uh, dating back to his time at Rutgers. Um, it's the tackles, which are really a big question mark. Um, those are those are being decided right now in camp, and it remains to be seen uh, what's going to – there could be realistically like five or six guys who could start there, and it could change throughout the year. Um, so we'll see on that front. And so, yeah, um, from what I can tell so far, I mean, there are some, like any team, there are some positives and, uh, there are some question marks in there. So interesting to see, uh, leading up to next month's opener against uh, central Michigan. All right. Good thumbnail. I appreciate that. Uh, like I said, after a break, we're going to hear from Eli Drinkwitz might, might even have another voice. We'll see. But I wanted to take this opportunity, Briar, to bid you farewell and good luck because not only is this the last time you will appear on the podcast as a Kansas City Star intern, I can't vouch for you. I, I, I can see you appearing on this podcast later as wherever you work. But, uh, but as the Kansas City Star intern, this is your last appearance. We've really enjoyed having you and Cora Hall this year, especially your soccer knowledge. It's been it's been a lot of fun uh, talking to you about that, and uh, I hope you know. I hope it hasn't been too painful for you to uh, to to weigh in and, and join join the podcast. So, best of luck in everything that you do. Thank you, Blair. Um, yeah, it's it's been a pleasure. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure um, both doing Mizzou stuff and this summer of soccer that we've done with the uh, sporting NWSL Gold Cup, all that stuff. So. Um, it's yeah, I mean, Casey Starr is a paper I've always had respect for, and I've always enjoyed uh, the camaraderie here and uh, the and the people around it. So, uh, for those of you listening and who read the star, thank you, and uh, we appreciate you, and uh, I and I appreciate you for reading. Uh, so it's been really humbling. So, thank you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. 
What do y'all got? <laughs> Eli, just how much more of a, a feeling of comfort and, and readiness is it than, than last year at this time? Oh. Yeah, I mean, at least at least we have an idea of who everybody is and where they kind of fit in the pieces that they fit. And, and now it's just about bringing them together and how good we can be. And, and uh, we got a long way to go after that practice. I know you talked in the spring about wanting Connor to maybe take some risks, do, th- do some things he wouldn't normally do in a game. Is, is this kind of the same mindset here in fall camp, or is it a little bit different now? We just want him to be a smart, disciplined decision maker, you know, smart, not conservative. When the, when the play's there, make it. When it's not there, take your check down. Um, I think he did a nice job today in the pocket. Uh, didn't force, you know, anything, but then, you know, put some throws where he needed to. So there, there was some growth there. Uh, you know, it's just day one, so we'll see that over the, you know, uh, we only had like, I think, 20 team reps today, so there wasn't a lot of opportunities. You talked yesterday about just having more recognition now for various defenses. How does kind of him having that the, the mental side and that experience, how does that open things up for you as a play caller? Yeah, first off, congratulations to your sister on the medal. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's all about what he can handle and what we feel comfortable in with him, you know, executing. It's it, it always comes down to execution, and you know, now that he's getting the bulk of the one reps, we can start the install a lot faster than we did last year. Eli, you, you talked about how this team's strengths can be a line of scrimmage, just as far as your experience there. I guess is that a big upgrade from a year ago? Do you feel like when you look at what you have right now, are still a lot of things to figure out? We got a lot of work to do. You know, I don't know. If we need to crown anybody anything right now. I mean, we're a five and five football team with a lot of guys coming back. I mean, that, unless we make a lot of improvements, we're a five and five football team. So we got a lot of work to do. Didn't didn't really like the energy today. I don't know if they expected me to carry the day with the energy, but but we didn't have it, and we we got to improve. Uh, we. We, we got to change the way that we, we got to practice with more urgency. We got to have more energy. And, and today was just kind of a blah day. So, you know, I don't know about returning starters, not returning starters. We got a lot of work to do. You know? Kind of carrying on that, what would you like to see from these guys to, to see that energy that you want to see? Yeah, I mean, they got to bring it. You know, energy is the key to our success. And they got to come out here with an enthusiasm to play football. I mean, these are the best days of their lives. You get to play college football at the University of Missouri. You got the University of Missouri across your chest. You get to represent your name on the back and make NIL off of it. I mean, if you can't get excited about that, something's wrong. So we, we got to be much better. I don't know if they, you know, we've been reading Twitter or, or excited about something. I mean, we got to bring our own energy, and, and we didn't do that today. Eli, it looks like Tyler Beatty's bulked up a little bit. What is a slightly bigger Tyler Beatty do for this offense? I mean, I don't know if it's slightly bigger or slightly littler. Tyler Beatty's just got to be himself, um, just like all the players have to be. They got to be the best versions of themselves. And, um, you know, whether he's bigger or smaller, doesn't matter. He's just got to be the best version of himself. He's got to be able to carry the football when we need him to between the tackles. He's got to be an advantage player for us on the perimeter. Eli, yeah, I know the uh, plan for the offensive line is best five regardless of position. What, yeah. what are the advantages of doing that rather than each guy having a position? Well, it gives you your best, you know, if somebody gets injured, you get your five best players on the field instead of, you know, your your second right tackle may be your tenth best player. So you got to be able to uh, be able to have people be play multiple positions. It's called position flexibility. And Coach Johnson is a, a tremendous teacher and coacher, and that's, that's uh, you know, something he believes in, something we all believe in. Eli, when you talk about helping the energy, is that a message that needs to come from the coaching staff, or would you like everybody, to everybody, me, coaches, managers, support staff, players?
rivers, the whole thing, the whole thing today. We, we, did, we didn't bring our best stuff. And you can't waste days. You, you cannot waste days. Um, they're not pushing back the season like, you know, we only got a few practices left. I think we're down to 27 now. So we got to get going. Or maybe it's 24. You had 25 practices, right? So it's 24. We had 24 left. So can't waste opportunities. Do you think that's something that they're aware of, especially after today's practice, that they need to bring more energy then? Glad y'all weren't out there for the conversation afterwards. I think they're plenty aware. Is, is this an opportunity then for players that may be on the periphery or of the squad to, to really step up and, and kind of play for the team? Yeah, I mean, everybody's got a chance to embrace their role and define their role. They're, you know, there, there's there's paper, which has depth charts written in, and then there's performance. And performance dictates who gets to play. There's, we don't play favorites. We don't play stars. We don't play seniors. We play the best 11 players that give us a chance to win versus Central Michigan. And everybody's got an equal opportunity to establish that. And, uh, you know, that's what we're working to do. Last time we talked to you, it was kind of hypothetical, but just your thoughts about uh, at some point the SEC is going to look a little bit different than it did in your first year and, and the, the two teams that are that are in it now? Yeah, I appreciate there's a lot of interest on that. That has nothing to do with what I'm trying to accomplish right now uh, and what we're trying to do. So th- that's a better conversation when they actually decide when they're going to join the league. What were your first impressions of the two new quarters from Tulsa and just how they look today? They didn't have numbers. I don't know. So, I don't know. We didn't, I mean, yeah. I don't know. Last time we talked to you, you said you were hoping to get to that 85% vaccinated threshold by the start of camp. Are you there? We don't hope around here, man. We expect. We'll be there. What can you say about the progress? You know, Steve Wilkes has made with his defense so far. I know it's just fall camp, but what, what about his progress? We got a long way to go. We got a long way to go. Today was day one. We don't have pads on, you know, so uh, I think they've done a really good job of identifying the scheme and understanding the scheme, and then you come out here and practice, and it's one thing to put it on a whiteboard, and it's a totally different thing when, when 20, you know, 22 other people or 20 other 21 other people are moving around. That's what makes football so complicated is it draws up nice on paper, but then there's moving parts, and so I think they're going to have to work, you know, figure out who's the guys working together, build that chemistry and camaraderie, and that's again, goes back to why you can't waste a day. Why you can't have bad days, bad energy, and not at your peak performance. I, I think you still really have to focus on the fundamentals and technique. I think the guys have done a great job in really learning the scheme. Uh, we've been able to add layers uh, throughout um, post-spring practice as well as throughout the summer. So I think the guys got a nice grasp of the scheme, uh, but we can never get away from the fundamentals and technique. Just, just what's your overall feeling with the defense heading into the season? I'm excited. I think the guys have done a great job, you know, Coach Russell and his staff or just getting these guys in shape, you know, really having a full offseason this year, I think has been important for us, you know, with uh, COVID hitting last year, not having an opportunity to really build that foundation. It's been great. And um, the guys have really been taking uh, accountability and responsibility on their own, being responsible for us going out even on the weekends and just doing their own walkthrough. So I'm excited about where we are. How's, uh, 
How's Blaze Aldridge uh, kind of adjusted? You know, yeah, he could be a guy that you know fills Nick Bolton's shoes. I know that's some tough shoes to follow. Uh, of course, you're talking about a, a good football player that got drafted in the second round. So um, I'm hoping he lives up to those expectations. Um, he's doing a great job now. Uh, extremely smart. He's picked up the defense. He works hard. Uh, you're seeing his um, day-to-day process and and um, developing and growth each day. So we'll see exactly where it goes. Steve, how much of adjustment is there going from NFL-style training camps to a college camp? Obviously, there's no preseason game. So just how different is that for you just preparation-wise? I think you still take the same approach. Uh, you wish you had those preseason games to try to work out some kinks and really see yourself against uh, live competition or someone else. But, you know, um, we'll create those different scenarios and whatnot throughout uh, training camp. Coach Drink does a great job of that. So uh, putting the pads on, being physical, setting the tone uh, is going to be our mindset this, this uh, summer. Coach Drinkwood said at media days that the defensive line needs to be the strength of the team. Just what have you seen from that group so far this offseason? Uh, a lot. And, and you have to understand, my mindset has always been that way. Wherever I coach, um, within this system, it all starts up front. You know, uh, coming off the ball, creating a new line of scrimmage. Uh, I don't care how great you are on the perimeter. If you don't have guys getting to the quarterback, it doesn't really matter. So uh, I like where we are. I like our rotation. Um, Darius Robinson, Akil Byers, those those guys have stepped up and performed well. Um, you're looking at some of the young guys uh, that has come in, Montgomery, Wingo. Uh, all those guys, I think, are going to be able to help us at some point in time, particularly the young guys. So uh, Kobe's back this year, um, you know, from a standpoint of uh, being out most of the spring. This guy's had a tremendous summer. Uh, I love the way he's moving around right now. So uh, Coach Drink is right. Our script is going to be up front and looking forward those guys setting the tone for us. Green and Evans, I mean, how much have they had to elevate their game if at all? You're talking about Say it one more time with the names. Green and Evans, from an AAC level to an SEC level, how much have they had to elevate and how important are they to the overall scheme? I don't really think it's so much trying to elevate. Um, to be quite honest, I think they have taken um, level of competition and how guys approach things um, to, a, to another level and, and with them coming here because the intensity on the defensive side of the ball, particularly in the defensive back room, has picked up. You know, competition is everything. So those guys do a great job each and every day coming to work. Um, sometimes you look outside on the balcony, they're out there on their own working out, going through drills. So I'm excited about having them. And they're definitely going to be a major plus for us this year. The big picture, how do you feel the, the defense in general has, has taken to the, the changes you've made system-wise and, and maybe the, your tone and, and the way you coach? Well, I think we, we have a variety of how we go about trying to attack the defense, particularly... You know, being aggressive has not always been, you know, playing man-to-man. As you saw last year a lot, uh, playing with our backs to the ball, I think they probably had total about maybe, I think it was maybe 10 takeaways last year, maybe five interceptions. I can't recall. But we had an opportunity this year in spring to get 38. And um, that, that was great because, you know, guys are understanding how to play with their number one weapon, which are their eyes, and still being aggressive and trying to get out to the quarterback. So uh, we're going to mix it 
up a lot. You know, it's all depending on who we're playing based off the scheme. We want to incorporate that particular week. Uh, but we're not going to sit back. You know, we're going to be aggressive in what we're doing and trying to set the tone on the defensive side of the ball. This takeaway is a big theme in, the, in, in every defensive meeting room all the time. It, it, it is. You know, it's not only taking the ball away, but it's the mindset of trying to score on defense. You know, that has always been the, the nature of this system wherever I've been uh, in the mindset of, I've been around Lovey Smith at Chicago. We led the league in takeaways. You know, in Carolina, we led the league in takeaways. So uh, that is my mindset has always been. And uh, those guys understand that. And we put a point of emphasis each and every day on that. They don't, they don't just happen, right? It's not luck. No, it, it, it doesn't. You know, a lot of things have to go into play, particularly, again, with the D-line creating pressure up front, you know, trying to make the quarterback make a quick decision, linebackers getting their drops, uh, being in the right spot, trying to elevate the throw. And we're taking any way we can. Tips and overthrows, we love them. Does anything surprise you about, you know, coming back to the college games since you returned here? It's not so much about uh, the surprise. You know, the, the tempo is definitely something uh, that's been different and uh, I've been able to experience that this spring uh, going against our offense they do a great job of really you know uh, picking up the pace putting their defense on the heels and allowing us having to uh, respond to that so that's really the biggest thing with me but we've been able to uh, adapt to that and adjust uh, so it's been great just with the new NIL stuff has anything changed with the way your players act or anything you know with all the uh, it hasn't, and to be honest, you know, it's sort of like a se separate entity. Um, I'm glad it's there. It's an opportunity for them. Um, but our mindset as coaches is still, you know, to be able to coach and whatnot. I haven't seen any distractions from our players at all. I remember when uh, Martez said something in the spring about, if I don't understand it, we got bigger problems when it comes to the playbook. Just how do you rate the guys' understanding of the scheme you put in now when Martez is that confident six weeks after you get here this year? If I don't understand what's going on, you know, there's something bigger going on. I, th I think, one, Martez knows that he's, he's a pretty smart guy, and he picks up things fairly quickly. So I think in regards to that, he's saying that, you know, he definitely needs to get it to make sure everybody else understands it because he, he does a great job of leading those guys on the back end. Uh, we try to simplify everything that we do, and we try to have a lot of carryover in uh, each call, uh, particularly with me not coming in trying to have these guys adjust to what I want. I understand the big picture, 20-hour rule, school, study hall, etc. So we want to make things simple, all right, to where they, and when I say simple, it doesn't mean that it's not complex or it's not going to create problems, but I want those guys to play fast and not have to think a lot. So that's the key thing with us. So they picked it up and have no problem really going out and executing the defense. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Derek Donovan, Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Pickett, and Savannah Smith. Tip of the cap to Brian Napier for stopping by and talking Mizzou. Links to his stories and to other stories on the Missouri Tigers can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, we have another deal for you. You can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. Sports Pass is the online version of the Stars Sports section. You get all the stories that appear in the print editions of the Star, plus additional stories that appear only on the website. And of course, they appear first on KansasCity.com. After three months, it auto renews at $5.99 a month unless you cancel. And it's a great time to subscribe. 
Read about what's going on with the Chiefs at training camp as they prepare for their first preseason game on Saturday. The Royals, the colleges, our soccer teams, and more. How do you get it? You go to kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. That's kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. You want more than just sports coverage? Check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional national news, sports, features, and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at accounts.kansascity.com slash subscribe. And if you're having trouble hunting down any of those offers, send me an email, bkirkoff at kcstore.com, and I'll get you to the right place. So whether it's the Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports Beat KC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Tuesday with another episode.